0: Welcome to the Savvy Social Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and this is a show all about helping you build profitable communities online through simple and fun social media solutions. Let's just dive right in. Hey, welcome to episode number 50, five, zero. Can't believe we made it this far. So excited for what's to come Uh, All of our podcasts are sponsored by Social Report. You can check them out by going to socialreport.com, sign up for that 30-day free trial, and get everything you need for social media management, scheduling, reporting, all the good things that go into doing what you do on social media. Again, check them out by going to socialreport.com, or you can click the link in the show notes. That just lets them know I sent you their way. Now, today's guest is Nichelle Bartley. Nichelle is a financial strategist who works one-on-one with professionals and entrepreneurs to make their vision boards a financial reality. With over 19 years of experience in finance and product, project management, she's able to examine her clients' mindsets, habits, and roadblocks and helps them get their current financial situation all set up so they can review all of their options to develop an inside-out financial strategy really centered on maximizing cash flow and becoming true CEOs of their money. I really enjoyed the conversation Nichelle and I had. We talked about how to create business plans. We talked about the importance of knowing when to invest in marketing and Uh, what your first business investment should be, and uh, we also talked a little bit about um, what not to invest when it comes to social media and ads and all that good stuff. Um, I I loved, loved this conversation. Talking money has been just a personal interest of mine lately, and so it's really, really fun to dive into that with Nichelle. Before we get to that interview, though, uh, just a little reminder that I've got a webinar masterclass next week. Uh, June 25th and 27th of 2019, so I'm running two sessions of this, one on June 25th in the morning and one on June 27th in the evening. Uh, so go to onlinedray.com slash webinar to sign up, and we're going to be talking all about why your social media isn't growing and how you can fix that. So why aren't you getting followers? And we're going to talk about how you can find your ideal customer and client online, and connect with them in a way that doesn't feel feel weird or icky or bizarre, okay? So sign up for that webinar, com slash webinar. It's free. And I'll be sharing a little bit about the Savvy Social School as well. All right, let's just dive right into this interview. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the show. Hey, Andrea, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you uh, because I feel like our paths have been parallel for a while and it's good to kind of sit down and pick your brain for a little bit. So personally, I'm selfishly looking forward to this interview. (laughs) I'm excited. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. How did you get started with what you do? Because you're all about money, right? So how did you get into that world?
1: Well, when I went to school, I specialized in finance, right? And then once I came out of school, I worked in the finance industry. Um, I've worked as an investment advisor. I've worked as somebody who evaluated mutual funds. Um, At one point, I, at some point in my career, I pivoted away from the direct management and went more into project management and dealing with bigger aspects of. you know, bringing products to life, new services, things like that. So I wasn't hands-on on that aspect. But one of the things that really stuck with me when I was actually working one-on-one with clients back in the day was how you know, many people didn't have um, an overall plan for what they needed to do with the day-to-day money. Like we were marketed to to have savings for retirement, have savings for your kids. And those big things but the in-between and the life i would see that that's more being positioned to you from a debt perspective so i would see people who would call in and they want to invest in certain things i could see their whole profile as to what assets they had and it's like you want to tell them like you don't need to be investing in anything right now you need to put money on something else right and i think that's the struggle that many people have being able to actually implement what they want for them li- for their lives, being able to structure their cash flow, and to be able to have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. why, even though I segued away from that, I always had the need and the want to still help, and people would always come to me. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to start a business doing this. <laughs>
0: Yep. Yep. It it sounds like it came from a place of need. Like if people are coming to you, this is something that that needs to happen. So when someone kind of comes into your world and they need help, um, how do you help them create that overall plan? Like what are some of the things that that maybe some of the listeners can do to start creating a plan that's more holistic and not so focused on investing or so focused on debt or those sort of Mm -hmm. things?
1: Well, one of the things I start with is not about, you know, well, tell me what your dad is and all those things. I start with, what's your vision? That's very important. Uh, I always encourage people to have a vision board that really helps to drive and articulate what are the things that you're looking for, right? And I also believe that if you have that in place, that leaves you and gives you all the clues that you need to do from a financial perspective around what are those things that you're working towards? Because if you have a vision board that is high lux and you want all of these things, but you're in a $30,000 a year job, it's not going to happen, right? Not from your own efforts at least, right? So what are those things that you need to start thinking about beyond, um, Beyond the money, how do you develop yourself? What are those things? And my belief is that all of those things that show up on your vision board, there is a dollar sign attached to every single one of them, right? So the more that you start to understand what you want, we're able to then determine, okay, what are what are the costs around these things, and then start have deeper conversations around one, what is it? What are you doing with the money that you have right now, and what are, what is the gap between what you want? And what your bank account is saying today. Yeah. And try and narrow that financial gap.
0: That is so true. I personally relate to that because my husband and I lived in Toronto when mm-hmm. I first started my business. And he left his uh, job to start the business as well. And so we're looking at our income mm-hmm. potentially. And it just would go so much farther living where we live now, which is yeah. Fort Erie. And people in Toronto were like, why are you moving to Fort Erie? There's nothing out there. <laughs> yes. But honestly, we, we can live a life that fits our vision, which yes. includes things like traveling more so than having a condo in Toronto. So yes. we, you know, we weighed the pros and cons and figured out what works for us. And it sounds like that's kind of what you guide your clients to doing.
1: That's exactly what it is. Because I mean, it's going to come down to decisions at the end of the day, right? Um, and I live in Toronto, so I totally understand what you're saying. It It is a more expensive city in Canada. It's one of the most expensive cities to live in. But if you go within the outskirts of the GTA, it gets a lot cheaper for you to live. Well, some parts of GTA, not so much, a lot of them anymore. They're all catching up, but... For the most part, it, it is it is significantly cheaper in in some areas of the GTA to live in than living inside the 416 or the
0: 289. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely see that. Okay, so let's talk about finances as it relates to um, business owners. So as a business owner, let's say you're starting off for the first time, what are some of the first things you recommend for, you know, once we start getting cash flow, where should we start? What are some of the first things we should do, like look at investing in as far as, um, you know, a business is related to?
1: I think one of the things I always tell people is that you have to invest in your systems, your Mm -hmm. systems in your business. So we could say, okay, you may think I may tell you go invest in marketing and I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen too, where people will send or spend a lot of money on the marketing perspective. And then they don't actually have everything set up on the backend to, to welcome all the clients that are coming to them. So they can't even serve them properly. Or the clients that are coming to them don't have the best customer experience. So I think it's the first thing that you need to understand or invest in is your systems to support the customer experience that you want to provide your customers. Mm -hmm. That's important. And it doesn't have to be a Cadillac version. (laughs) It needs to be a version that works. (laughs) That'll still get you from point A to point B Just fine, as if you had a Cadillac, but you don't have to start off with the Cadillac version. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I find that sometimes it's it's um, we want like the glamour and the glitz of it all because you know being a business owner, it is kind of glamorized these days. But uh, just being practical, you have to be able to deliver on the services or products that you provide to your customers. So that's a really good tip. I like that. So, when should a business owner invest in in marketing, um, like marketing overall? And then we'll talk about social media specifically as well. So, is there like a certain um, like percentage of their their profit that they should invest into marketing?
1: I wouldn't per se say there's a certain percentage because it really looks different for each um, business owner, especially whether you're just a freelancer or whether you actually have a full on company with. Um, employees. It depends. But I would say once your systems are intact, and again, it doesn't have to be the Cadillac version, something that you know that you can intake clients, you know that you have a system from getting them to onboard them to what you're doing. You have these things documented and it's very clear on what you need to do, as well as you're able to articulate what they can expect from you. Of course, you're going to need clients at the door, but Initially, it doesn't mean that you have to run out and get Facebook ads, right? Maybe one of the things that you may want to work on to make sure that your marketing is clear is maybe working with a copywriter, Hmm. right? Because sure, you could go and put Facebook ads out there or any type of ads, but it doesn't connect properly and you don't have that language to be able to connect with your clients properly. That would probably be one of the things that you need to work on first from a marketing investment perspective. Yeah. but also looking looking forward, you have to have money allocated to continue to market your business always and I'm saying if even if you want to call out a percentage, you should at least have ten percent of your profits to go towards that. okay, I think that's a really good
0: baseline for us to understand as business owners where we should be putting our marketing dollars. And in what order? That makes perfect sense to me to, you know, invest in something like messaging or copywriting first and get that clear so that when you start investing in Facebook ads, you're still not trying to figure that out because that could be way more costly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So um I often get approached uh by individuals who are looking to outsource our social media since that's what I do. Um and sometimes they're just not ready. I don't know at what point if there's like a metric or something I should be helping them figure it out. So as business owners, what what is a good um how do you know when it's a good idea to start investing in a social media, whether that's outsourcing it to a VA or an agency or something like that is is there some like guideline you can give us to help us understand when
1: that would be a good idea? Sure. I think once if you are like a solopreneur and this is why I really, I really emphasize having systems and processes in places in, in the right place, because if you know what your systems and your processes are and you can handle it, you may not necessarily need to at this point. And it all depends on your client base as well. If it is that you are completely swamped with client work, your systems are working completely fine, you literally have no time to market or to to do outreach, maybe, maybe that's a really good time to bring somebody in to help you with those things. And again, it may not be somebody that is running your social media from start to finish. You could start with a VA that could handle those tasks for you in the meantime. And it may not be a full 40 hours a week. It could be maybe just five hours a week that you need somebody to do that for or or whatever it is that you deem based on your content plan. But I think, especially when you're starting out, there are things that you should be doing on your own. And then once you've mastered that and everything, the cash flow is coming in, you are busy with clients. You don't have time to be doing those things yourself anymore. So that is when you really need to look to help get somebody to help you. And even if you are in a position where you're still starting out and, you know, things are still building, I still think there's value in reaching out to speaking about somebody about how you can market better. If you're using your own um, resources, your time mainly to be able to do those things, because you could be just picking anything really nearly And we all know what happens when you go down the rabbit hole of Google, right? So one of the things you need to think about is when you could always have a DIY approach to something, but you have to look at the amount of time that it's going to cost you because that amount of time that's going to cost you to do it yourself is the same amount of time that potentially you're losing out on client work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's almost like um oh I don't know the technical word but opportunity
1: cost maybe. Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Opportunity cost. Yeah, it's like if 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 you know you're spending so much time on, you know, writing a social media post that it's actually cutting into your client customer delivery process, mm-hmm. then that could be a good time to outsource it. Yes. Very very good tip. Yes. Um, So let's talk a little bit about advertising on social media, Mm -hmm. Um, because I even personally struggle with figuring out when is a good time to invest, how much to invest, should I hire an expert, should I try it out myself, all of those little aspects that go (laughs) into paid advertising. Um, So do you have any tips for us there, what we should look for um, in our own budgets to make sure
1: that we're not overextending ourselves? So before we even get to the details of whether you have the money or not with your budget, I think the first question you need to ask is, is this necessary right now? Not from a spend perspective, but do you even have capacity to take on these clients? Because let's just think of the best situation, right? You turn on these ads and like you get flooded. Can you handle that amount of work right now? Is this something that you need to do right now? Um, and how? also, do you have a plan for how you're going to continue to engage with these people in order to eventually make them buy something from you? Right. So it's not just, okay, go and allocate a certain amount of money for Facebook ads or whatever it is that you choose to do. You need to work backwards and figure out, okay, I need X amount of clients and I know based on... Whether it's your own conversion rates that you're looking at from whether it's your social media or from your actual email list, you have to figure out what that is for you and approximately how many clients can you get out of that and maybe accelerating that by doing a Facebook ad because sometimes you don't necessarily need to go out and find new clients. You need to manage the clients that you already have or people that haven't bought from you. So you need to exhaust those things first and then say, okay, who else do I need to bring into the fold to potentially know about me and potentially work with me one day? Mm-hmm. Wow. We don't do a good job sometimes of taking care of the leaves that we already got. We forget about them. Yeah, I feel like you're talking
0: directly to okay. me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little called out, but that's okay. <laughs> I needed to hear that message because I do feel sometimes I focus a lot on, um, customer acquisition, especially for some of my, um, quote unquote, um, passive income products. Right? Yes, So I, I do feel like I spend a lot of time there when I have a lot of leads, you know, in my email list or, clients who I already have who Maybe they just need to be upsold to add on something else, mm-hmm. and I, you know, there's opportunities there that that we could explore before diving into ads.
1: Yeah, and it's like you know, it's it's making use of what you have in your hands, so to speak, right? You can't just look at the ones that are producing. Like there's there's seeds there that we need to nurture and make it turn into something. But if we just get them, plant them, and forget about it, then then what? Then mean, it's it's lost. Lost planting, as I, I like to call it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: oh, that is so true. Okay, that is good. So let's say, um, let's say that works. We're, we're doing well. Then six months later, we're like, hey, we could use an influx of leads. We have the systems. We have our, um, you know, current clients have all been taken care of. Um, how do we decide what to do next when it comes to paid advertising? What, what are some um, strategies we can make sure that we, we stay financially smart with those decisions?
1: Well, for sure, if you haven't done paid advertising before, set yourself a budget. Don't just go into it and say, OK, I go and get somebody to do it for you or whether you do it yourself. Um, but know that you have a limit. There's a budget set aside. You don't want to blow your whole advertising budget in in one area, right? It it should be spread out around different things. And we live in a world right now, of course, we're online and we think of paid advertising, whether it's through social media and these things, as um, a way to get clients very quickly. But I've also seen in real life that sometimes it's just a matter of getting in front of new people Physically and talking to them. So those same dollars that you're allocating for ads, use that to go to different conferences, different events, different things, or maybe use that money instead of doing advertising, reach back out to your uh, to your list and maybe do some market research with them and offer them like Starbucks or something, some type of card just to get an understanding of what's going on with your clientele right now and what are they looking for because it may be an opportunity that they may provide you for you to either start a new service, create something, and you can make quick wins from that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. I'm a huge fan of organic marketing, and I'm glad you said that because I do feel like Facebook ads is like this buzzword thing that almost feels like gambling a little bit where people are like, I'm just going to put in $500 and see what happens. And sometimes those $500 are better spent, you know, Mm -hmm. towards uh, a conferencing event or like you said, sending out um, Starbucks gift cards or whatever it may be. It's like these things can actually probably like take that $500 a lot farther than some Facebook ads do to people who don't even know you.
1: Yes. Because the thing is, I think we have to be, excuse me, we have to be very, cognizant of what is going on in the minds and um, the minds and hearts of what's going on with clientele out there nowadays. Um, our phones, unfortunately, take up a lot of our time and our attention spans are in nanoseconds, it feels like, right? Um, you know, you can see situations where you may actually send things out to your clients. So this is why you need to pay attention to your conversion rates. Who's opening your stuff? So it's it's a lot harder for you if you already have people that know you and they're not opening your stuff. You have to think about what's the payoff that you're going to get if you're doing ads and how are you going to actively engage with them? I think a lot many people are not factoring that piece in because people are highly distracted. Highly. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, I
0: hear that. So What I hear you saying is focus on what you have right in front of you and figure out how to get more bang for your buck for the people who are already kind of paying attention to you. Yes. yeah, Yeah. Because your money
1: could go further that way. Mm -hmm. Not that advertising is bad. Of course, it's it's needed in many different perspectives. But make sure you exhaust what you're doing with what you have first before throwing a lot of time and attention to getting new clients
0: hmm. Yeah. Oh, so true. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> I feel like you're talking directly to me today. Thank you. <laughs> friendly reminder. <laughs> yes. Friendly reminders. I like it. I like it. Good. Um, okay. So before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about, um, how you serve business owners. And I know you've got this amazing revenue calculator. Can you tell us more
1: about it? Yes. Yeah, so many, many of the entrepreneurs that I work with will come and say, well, I just want to make X amount of dollars, but I don't know what that means. Like what do I need to be doing with, from a revenue perspective and taxes and profit and all those things in between. So I've created a calculator that you, you know what your dollar amount is that you want to bring home after tax. So if you want to make $75,000 after tax, and you know what your expenses are, you know a percentage of your expenses, you know what's going on with your how much you allocate for profit and your taxes, plug those numbers in, and then it spits out what your revenue, your approximate revenue should be. Now, this is not hundred percent prescriptive, because obviously once you start to factor in taxes and different things and where you're located, it, it's a totally different story, but it gives you a rough idea of what you need to do from a revenue perspective. So that way you can move to proceed to plan out what you need to do from month to month, week to week, quarter to quarter and for the year. Yeah.
0: Oh, perfect. I'm going to be using it myself and I hope everyone who's listening uses it as well. I'll put a link in the show notes directly to it so you guys can check it out. Um, Thanks so much, Michelle, for joining us. How can we find you online? Where do you hang out?
1: Well, I mainly hang out on my website at moneybasics.ca or you can find me over at Instagram at moneybasics. Perfect. So I'll put those links as well in the show notes.
0: Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Andrea. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and everything we talked about, please check out the show notes by visiting SavvySocialPodcast.com. And don't be afraid to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you inside of the Facebook group. You can search for us on Facebook by visiting Savvy Social Crew, uh, or you can go to SavvySocialCrew.com. See you there. Bye for now.